You are listening to the Gig Coach Podcast, designed for anyone who wants to learn the secrets to becoming a successful professional entertainer without a record deal or even a song on the radio. I'm your host, Rockin' Rick Bell, but they call me the Gig Coach because I love helping performers achieve their dreams of earning a living with their talent, just like I have. Who am I and what qualifies me to talk on this subject? I've been a full-time professional solo entertainer playing over 300 well-paid gigs a year for over a decade. I ditched my corporate day job in 2008 to play music full-time, and it was the best career decision I ever made. Over the years, I developed a unique combination of performing live guitar and vocals along with backing tracks and blending DJ music in throughout my live performances. This combination has proven to be a gold mine for me. And now I want to share my secrets with performers who want to turn their passion into their profession. Go to thegigcoach.com and join the Gig Coach Workshop. It's free to join and you'll receive a training module from my course, Booked Solid, Playing Solo for Good Pay, when you join the workshop. Go to thegigcoach.com and join the workshop today. You know what one of the best compliments you can have is? It's when at a gig, someone uh, claims that you are not actually singing and playing, but it is a recording. That's the greatest compliment you can have. It means you sound good enough that the audience can't tell the difference. This happened the other night. I was playing, I think it was the, uh, the song Smooth, Carlos Santana. Uh, and, you know, it's got a hot guitar part all the way through it, the guitar licks. And the audience loves, if you're a guitar player, if you're a lead guitar player, you really need to feature you playing licks. When you're, when you're doing using the gig coach method, the, the thing that I teach, you perform with track music behind you. That means you have a full band sound behind you, which frees you up to play lead lines the audience goes crazy for that stuff. So I'm in the middle of playing smooth uh, and, the, you know, the long guitar solos and stuff. The thing about playing tracks, playing with tracks, is you can build your own tracks. I teach you how to do that in my course, Booked Solid, Playing Solo for Good Pay. You can build your own tracks to extend the lead ride. You can add another verse of lead in or however you want to do it. You uh, put the song together and once it's put together, it stays that way. It'll be consistent every time you perform with that. So I'm performing the other night to this song, and, and I tend to walk out in the audience. I'm wireless, as you probably are or should be if you're doing a show like this. You want to have a wireless setup on your guitar that picks up, you know, it, farther than 10 feet, all right? Get, invest in a good quality wireless rig. So I'm out in the audience doing this the lead lines and all that. And I play really fast guitar. I've been playing lead guitar since I was, I guess, 10 years old in my first little band. But I really, you know, and I play constantly. That's the other thing. People are amazed at, you know, my skills on the guitar. And I tell them if I had been a plumber for the last 30 years, I would be excellent at unstopping commodes. It's whatever you invest your time in and the number of hours I've had with my guitar in my hand 
over the last 30 years is astronomical. And it has allowed me to become a very good player. So I'm doing my show, and this guy is sitting, you know, with a group of girls. One of them is his wife, I guess. And, you know, guys can be kind of cocky sometimes. And that's, that goes with, especially when there's been a little alcohol flowing. So I'm, at, <laughs> I'm walking out in the audience, going around the tables. And the girls, you know, they're party starters. Girls always love to have fun, okay? The guys can sit there like a bump on a log. But usually, as the song says, girls just want to have fun. And they, they're getting into the whole thing. And I'm riffing, you know, some fast stuff. The guy says, he's not really playing. He can't play like that. And I looked at him and smiled, and he caught me at just the right moment. And I said, oh, you don't think I'm playing? He goes, he's not even plugged in. He doesn't even have a wire. <laughs> so I said, well, check this out. And then I, you know, blasted off some screaming thing. And he, he's sitting there, and it's embarrassing him because he realizes, oh, my God, this guy is playing I said, I'm wireless, and I held my receiver. I you know, held the guitar up, and there are little things plugged into it. I use a Line 6 deal, and it's got a little receiver thing plugged in with a green light glowing on it that says my signal is going to the, you know, to the receiver. And he's kind of mumbles, oh, yeah, well, I guess, uh, I guess he is. I guess he is playing. So I didn't mean – I didn't want to embarrass the guy, but it was a kind of a fun moment because that happens a lot. The better you get at performing – the more you're, especially with your vocals, if your vocals, and that's another thing, when you're singing as much as I've done over the last 30 years, your voice gets in really good shape. Your voice is a muscle. It's just like if I'd been going to the gym the last 30 years, like some of my buddies, you know, they're buffed up and, you know, big muscles, they're bodybuilders, whatever. It's the same with your voice. The more you use it, the more control you learn over your voice. Now, does this happen overnight or in a week or in two months? No, but it, you get a little bit better each time. Your playing will get better. Your singing, your phrasing in your songs, your ability to breathe. Singing is mostly breathing, learning how to breathe and learning how to force notes out powerfully when it's time and when to hold back on notes and how to track your pitch and hold on to your pitch. And all this comes with, with just doing this. And that's, that's the downside of, of not having something like the gig coach uh, method that allows you to play gigs all the time. You'll never get a lot better. I, this is just the truth. You'll never get a lot better unless you're outperforming a lot. That's really when you hone your craft. You, you sit at home and you get the basics down but you really put the polish on when you go out and you gig. That's what the gig coach method allows you to do. And the benefit of playing with track music, and I've told you, uh, I've mentioned this before in some of these episodes, all I wanted to do when I was growing up was play the guitar. That was my life's mission, my goal. As corny as it sounds, there were shows on when I was a kid like Hee Haw, and my grandparents loved a show called The Lawrence Welk Show. And they had a guitar player on there playing jazz and all that. I wanted to do that, okay? I just wanted to play the guitar. It was during the uh, 70s and 80s when rock, great rock and roll bands were out there. Great country artists, 
all of that. All I wanted to do was play. The limiting step with doing that is you have to be in a band. When you have to be in a band in order to play, you introduce a myriad of challenges and issues. Number one, there are multiple people in the band that have to show up, okay? They have to stay sober, relatively. They're, they have to have their private lives, their, their relationships under control. They can't have a, a spouse or significant other that has issues because those issues are going to show up in the band with the player, with the musician. All, fill in the blank. There, there are a multitude of, of issues with this. When I discovered, when I first learned that I could perform playing my guitar with pre-recorded music behind me, and I never had to worry about a band showing up again. It changed my life, literally changed my life. Now, when we started back in the day, I'm talking about in the 80s. That's the first time I was introduced to MIDI music, M-I-D-I, MIDI music. And in those days, that was computer-generated music that had to go through sound modules, or called sound modules, synthesizers. So you would have your bass, you know, in a computer, you'd write it, it would be notes. And it was very crude in those days, but it worked. And you could hear the bass, the drums, horns, if you wanted them, strings, you could have them all pre-programmed in a MIDI uh, file. Now you would have to, quote, trigger that file live. It was not pre-recorded like an MP3 is today. It's so simple to use. But you had to literally generate it. Every time you played, you hit the button, and it regenerated. It played live along with you. That was what MIDI was. Now, that allowed some really cool things. It allowed you to separate every instrument. In other words, you had your bass separate, and, and your bass would be routed through uh, compressors and and different things, and it would literally have its own channel. Sometimes it would go to a bass amplifier. It, you would have a literal bass amplifier on stage that your bass track was plugged into. So you had like a bass player playing. Same thing with the drums. They had their own, you know, separate track that was distinguished from the others. You could run them into a, a separate amplifier. You could do whatever you wanted. MIDI music, but that's what we did in the original, in the early days. It, it was generated. Every gig, every song, you had to regenerate the song. Then came something called mini discs, and that was the, the advent of digital recording, the mini disc. So all of those MIDI tracks that were digital were converted. We just you know, played them on and recorded them onto a mini disc. And then when we went out, and there were some players in the day, uh, Roland had one that, that I used. I had several of these. They were very expensive, but it was a player that played MIDI songs, and you had the ability, which was really cool, to loop, which was that was way before the days of looping, but you could loop a, a verse or a series or a chorus, and you could vamp. You can, in other words, talk to the audience, and it would stay on this part and re repeat it. And then you could hit the foot switch, and it would come out of that vamp and go back into the course. Really cool. But they were super expensive. They were like 1000 bucks in the day, and that, that was a lot. But I had several of them because we played a lot. When we started introducing, and I had a band, and that's how I, when I first started working with MIDI, I did a solo thing. 
And, um, you know, then I got busy with my career, as a lot of us do, my, you know, day job, corporate thing. And I kind of let that slide. But then I ended up in a band that was a show, a show band, a party band. And it was called uh, Rockin' Rick and the Corvettes. And we just blasted off. And we're in the Austin, Texas area. And we ended up being one of the top sh- premier party show bands in, in Texas. You know, we could have gone all over the United States, but we chose just to st- stay here. You know, there's a lot of work in Texas. It's a big state. But we used the um, MIDI, uh, implemented MIDI in our show so we could have live horn parts, live keys, and all that. And we had a full five, six-piece band sometimes, sometimes seven. It played along with the tracks. And again, this was the early days, and not many bands were using tracks. But because we did, we were booked uh, and again, I've, I've said this on other shows. We were in the $2,500 to $5,000 a night, and that was for a 90-minute show. We, were, we did shows at fairs and festivals. We were a main stage act, and it was because we incorporated the tracks. Now, it was a long time ago, uh, and I went solo in 2008 and got rid of the band because, again, all of the issues you have with bands and keeping people Showing up and keeping them sober and it just issues. All right. So I decided I was going to do this uh, solo and went full-time track. Nowadays, all of that music that was MIDI in the early days, then to mini disc, that's all on MP3s now. And you simply have MP3s loaded that you've pre-recorded in your studio. Most musicians I know who are serious about this have a home studio and learn how to put songs together in that studio and build tracks. I have some of the tracks I work with are brand new. I work on every week, you know, building new tracks, which you get really fast at the more you do. But some of them I've had for 20 years, 25 years. I did a a television special uh, in the early 2000s called Rock and Rick and the Corvettes, rolling through the 60s where we did highlights of all 60s music. It was an hour-long PBS special. And some of those tracks I still use in some of my shows today when it's a, a nostalgia-type show, like a car show. They like a lot of 50s, 60s, 70s music. That's, that's just the way it is. But nowadays it's easy because you have the MP3s of the songs that are pre-recorded, and you're able to just play and feature on your instrument, whatever it is. And again, in my course, Booked Solid, Playing Solo for Good Pay, I show you how to bring your instrument into your show, to build it into your act, how to bring multiple instruments, even if you're not a great instrumentalist, even if you can't play guitar like Stevie Ray Vaughan, even if you're not you know, a super great keyboard player, I show you how to integrate that into your show because the audience doesn't care how great you are, just the fact that you're doing it, all right? I show you how to integrate a percussion setup, which is very powerful. Percussion rig, it's very visual, and it sounds great in a show. But I teach you how to do all of these things in book solid, playing solo for good pay. So I encourage you to go to thegigcoach.com website and check that course out. It's very inexpensive. It's less than one gig, okay? it's. I'm trying to help musicians I've got a wealth of knowledge. I've, I've built this thing. I've done it for, you know, 25 years, whatever, a long, long time. And I'm wanting to share that 
with, with people who want to make a living, who don't want to have to get up in the morning at 6.30 because you've got to go to a day job and punch a clock or stand behind a counter or take people's orders all day and deal with the public. People who want to do this as a part-time or even full-time career, man, this is, this is for you. This is what I wish I would have had when I started back in the day. Keep on playing and gain as much knowledge as you can because knowledge is what is going to set you way above your competition. It's not enough that you just play and sing well. You have to learn how to pocket, to package and monetize that skill. Thank you for listening to the Gig Coach Podcast. You can find the show notes for this episode at thegigcoach.com. That's T-H-E-G-I-G-C-O-A-C-H.com. Make sure to join the Gig Coach Workshop when you're there. If you liked what you heard, please subscribe to the Gig Coach Podcast and leave us a review on Apple Podcasts, Podchasers, or Audible. Do you know someone who would benefit from the Gig Coach Podcast? Send them a link to this episode. We only grow when our listeners share our podcasts, and we really appreciate it when you do. Thanks for listening.